If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. So welcome to today's podcast. I'm going to talk to you about my favourite books. And as I sit here recording this, I'm looking at my bookshelf. I have more books than Amazon, I am sure. And they arrive daily. And the top two shelves are all sort of very, very heavily gardening related. And then I'm going into Cut Flowers. And on the bottom is all things to do with marketing and working as a flower farmer. Gosh. So I'm going today to tell you my favourite books. So we start with the RHS book published by the RHS, Your Wellbeing Garden. Now, those who know me and follow me and listen to podcasts will know that I am a real advocate for gardening and mental health. I've had lots and lots of visitors onto this podcast that you could catch up on and listen to what their, what their take is on well-being and being in your garden. But this book uniquely explains all the evidence behind why green spaces and gardening are great for your mental health and also your physical health. Alistair Griffiths and authors bring the science to life by providing facts on how your garden can have a positive impact on your mood, your stress levels, your immune system, your cardiovascular system, and so much more. Even the physical activity of gardening has tangible benefits for your well-being. So that's on my top of my list, the RHS Your Wellbeing Garden. Number two is a book I've had for quite a long time, and I think in the US the title might be slightly different, but the title in the UK is called Gilding the Lily by Amy Stewart. Now, Amy Stewart, I'll read you what it actually says on Amazon. It says, as a green-fingered gardener, Amy Stewart has always delighted in the sight of freshly cut flowers, but she grew increasingly curious and uneasy about the journey those flowers take to reach our bouquet. Now, we all know about that and green miles and so on. In Gilding the Lily, Stewart introduces us to the people, the places and plants that make up this multi-million pound industry. From a lily grower in the American Northwest to the rose fields of Ecuador and the tulip greenhouses in Holland. Gilding the Lily is a page-turning inquiry into the controversial practices that lie behind each bloom, including treatment of the workers in fields and greenhouses, the issue of painting and the use of pesticides and the financial forces that drive the quest of a perfect flower. It's a wonderful story about the romance and the reality of growing and cultivating flowers. Now, and obviously, from my point of view, it's a really interesting book, and it talks a lot about the treatment of workers. It talks a lot about pesticides and herbicides, and really that we need to be buying locally uh, to avoid the air miles and avoid flowers coming 4,000 miles to be in our bouquet. Also help um, the carbon footprint and lots of reasons why we should all be growing our own or buying from our local flower growers. So it's called Gilding the Lily by Amy Stewart. It's a really nice book to read, a really easy book to read, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Next one on my list is Everlasting's by Bex Partridge. 
Now, Bex has written two books, and this was the first one. And it's basically a celebration of the life of flowers, and it shows drying of flowers. And drying of flowers is definitely in vogue, and it's come a long way over the years. I remember probably in the late 70s, early 80s, where it's the kind of thing that your gran had. But it's come a long way, and dried flowers are really in vogue. And I definitely 100% recommend Everlastings by Bex Partridge. Bex Partridge takes you on your journey, starting with a practical advice on how to pick flowers and how to dry them. She describes all the different ways of drying. She seeds, heads and foliage before sharing her favourite ways to style with dry flowers in the home, as well as wearable items such as floral crowns and hair clips. The main section of the book covers about 20 projects all that you can do at home. And honestly, the photography is amazing. It's suitable for both those who have never worked with dry flowers before or those that are experienced or professionals. The projects span many types of abilities. Beck shares ideas on how to capture the memories and moments of special days through the gathering and preserving of flowers that can be treasured for years to come. She shares her thoughts and knowledge of the ecological benefits of dried flowers, as well as chapters on foraging and thoughts on the meditative benefits of working with dry flowers. Filled with stunning imagery, I mean, the photography is amazing, that Bex has become known for. I really recommend Everlasting as, a, as your starting point for dried flowers. And third, no, and fourth on my list, I can't even count, fourth on my list is Fantastic Foliage and How to Farm It by Hilary Collins. Now, Hilary Con- what Hilary Collins doesn't know about eucalyptus is not worth knowing. It's an essential guide to eucalyptus, and it tells you everything about all the different varieties that you can get hold of, tells you the, the where they grow best, what's better for your environment, tells you all about feeding them. Eucalyptus is obviously an Australian plant. It tells you when you can cut them. Um, it tells you all about pollarding. It tells you why the 18th of March is a really important date. So the day after St. Patrick's Day is a really important day for eucalyptus. And honestly... I don't think there is a better book that talks about foliage than Fantastic Foliage and How to Farm It by Hilary Collins. So next on my list is a relatively new book, uh, 2023, I believe, The Cut Flower Source Book by Rachel Siegfried. Now, growing flowers for cutting brings the pleasures for each garden season indoors and eliminates the air miles associated with shop-bought flowers. This book turns the spotlight on the best perennials and woody plants for cutting. So quite often we talk about annuals and now this is a book in its own and it talks about perennials. These trusted plants return year after year after year and can be a mainstay in a cutting garden and also on a flower farm. She's the owner of the the, the company Green and Gorgeous based over in Oxfordshire. She began her career as an estate gardener And in this book, she shares her section of 130 rigorously trialled plants and her garden-led philosophy that together brings some exceptional results. I love it. I use it. I have had a look at it and decided what perennials I need to add to my list. It's beautifully done with beautiful photographies, which capture the seasonal diversity and natural ease that are such a hallmark of this contemporary approach to cut flowers. So whether your goal is to have something to pick from your garden each week or start a cut flower business, the inspiration and the expert advice on perennials is in this book. Don't miss it. 
Now, obviously, it would be remiss of me not to include one of my own, which is the Cut Flower Planner by Ros Chandler. This is a, as Amazon says, a beautiful planner designed by Fieldgate Flowers to help to ensure cutting garden success for everyone. Fieldgate Flowers, owned by Ros Chandler, is a flower farm based in Buckinghamshire that has been growing and harvesting cut flowers for over 10 years. Ros prides herself not only on thriving, successful flower farm, but also in running online courses to teach everyone to grow their own flowers for profit or for pleasure. So I'm going to say that the planner includes month-by-month jobs to do in every all patches. Every month, there'll be a list of tasks to include general maintenance, pests and diseases to look out for, and sowing and planting recommendations. It's loads of space to record your sowing and planting, and we've included more space for the 2024 version. It includes all of our annual cut flower recommendations. It includes recommendations on perennials and foliage. It has a British flower guide, month by month, what's in season and when. It's got areas to make a record of your patch and also take any learnings forward to the next season. Quite often what we do is we make a learning and we don't note it down and then we forget. So our learnings for this year, for instance, from our farm are things that we definitely don't want to grow going into 2024. And on that list are calendula, as the orange calendula, I think it's called African Prince, uh, Negotiana, and yellow chrysants. I have no idea how the yellow chrysants made their way onto the farm. I didn't think they were yellow, but they are. So each year, there are things that you might want to make a note of. And then you want to make a note of, you know, successional planting dates and all of that thing. And that's great in the cut flower planner. So I hope you'll, you'll have a look at that one. Oh, and one more book that I've written, I've only done two, honestly, is The Seed to Vase. Now, participants came across from all corners of the UK, US and Europe to join an eight-month course in cut flowers in February 2021. It was during COVID and from homes in many acres in Scotland to apartment blocks in London with rented raised beds, they all had a common love of flowers. But to be honest, I was quite humbled by all of this, but these people found so much more than just growing cut flowers. This book details some of their lives and experiences as they learned not only to grow cut flowers, but a great deal about themselves and one another. They found a community full of inspiration and confidence, and regardless of their initial reasons for joining the course, they all thrived. Seed to Vars includes stories of bereavement, sadness, joy, laughter, at a time when the world was facing restrictions in so many ways due to COVID-19. This was a time to rediscover nature and the simple joys in life. And I love it and I still love this book and I'm humbled by it. And it's still a lovely read. I had a podcast with um, Dr. Richard Glaxton quite recently, a GP, a part-time GP. And we've talked about the time of COVID and how he became interested in therapeutic gardens at this time. And it reminded me about how humbling growing cut flowers can be. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed. They're my initial recommendations on books. So do dive in this autumn and winter, sit in front of the fire and have a good read. I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at the Cut Flower Collective. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, 
growth and profit in your business. And our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.